Christmas has its stories, tales of long ago. Santa and his reindeer, sleigh rides in the snow. Scrooge and Christmas carols, gifts beneath the tree. Shepherds with a host of angels, wise men on their knees. But the stories we're narrating without further hesitating, because we don't want to keep you waiting. Because this song's not captivating the message you're anticipating. I hope you all are concentrating. I think now I'm procrastinating. And the tales of the trees. Old Nick Winters lived high up on the mountain, lived by himself, and did some simple farming. Occasionally he would come to town, but mostly he kept to himself. Yet everybody knew him because he was the Christmas tree guy. Nick Winters had a Christmas tree farm. His trees were simply the best trees anywhere. Every fall he would cut them down, he would haul them into town. He'd claim that vacant lot in the edge of town, string out some lights, set up his trees, and bring some Christmas magic the town. Actually, it wasn't Nick who brought the magic. It was his Christmas trees. And it wasn't just any of his Christmas trees. It was the three trees that he would set up right beside his trailer. They were his special trees. He'd string them with lights, wrap them with garland, hang ornaments on each tree. And every child who visited his Christmas tree lot would go home with one of those ornaments. It was Christmas Eve when Sarah Madison came to Nick Winter's tree lot. It was her first Christmas alone. Well, not actually alone. She still had the kids, Jack and Samantha, but it was just the three of them. She wasn't planning to get a Christmas tree. They were just too expensive, but the kids had begged, and she wanted to do all that she could to make their Christmas at least okay. She should have come sooner, but, well, maybe on Christmas Eve, maybe she could get a discount on a Christmas tree. Sarah and her kids looked over the few remaining trees and selected one that didn't look too bad. So the three of them took it up to the trailer to pay. And that's when they met Nick and saw his special trees all decorated with their ornaments. How much are those trees, asked Jack. Oh, those trees are not for sale. Besides, thought Sarah... <laughs> We could never afford it. Those are my miracle trees, said Nick. Miracle trees, the kids asked. Yep. Every fall I cut them down and I bring them into town. But you know when I go out in spring to replant them, they've already grown back. And by the time that fall comes, they're ready to be cut down again. And it's just these three trees. I don't know why it happens. So that's the miracle, asked Jack. Oh, no. That's not the miracle. The miracle is what happens when you choose one of the ornaments. Sarah had just enough money to buy the tree. She definitely couldn't afford to buy ornaments, too. Oh, no, 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 thank you. We'll just take the tree. Oh, no. You don't understand, said Nick. Those ornaments aren't for sale. They're free. And every child who visits gets one. So, kids, 
go ahead and pick. Jack looked at the tree on the left. Ah, that's my whimsy tree, said Nick. Go ahead, pick one. Jack looked at the ornaments, and he realized that they were all kind of silly. And they made him laugh. There was an elf licking a North Pole sign, and his tongue was stuck to it. There was a polar bear riding around a tiny tricycle. An octopus wearing a Santa hat? Well, go ahead, take one, said Nick. It's yours. That's when Jack saw the dolphin, and he reached out, and he took that hand, ornament in his hand, and that's when the miracle happened, because the ornament started to sing. I'm Rudolphin, the bottlenose sea creature, and I have a very shiny nose. Then a chipmunk ornament threw a snowball at him, and some penguins started waddling on the tree branches. Gingerbread men started dancing. And all the colored lights turned into gumdrops. Every ornament on the tree came to life. It was like a Christmas tree circus. The kids and their moms stood in shock, taking in the scene. It's called the whimsy tree, Jack, or Nick said, because it reminds us of the joy of Christmas. Flying reindeer, talking snowmen, presents that just seemed to magically appear under a tree. Christmas parties, pageants, gift exchanges, game songs, throwing snowballs, baking cookies, drinking cocoa, making wishes. It's all so much fun, isn't it? Just like it should be. Nick gave them a small wink. And when the kids looked back at the tree, everything seemed normal again. Except that Jack now had his dolphin that was still singing its silly song. Samantha looked at the second tree. What tree is this, she asked. Oh, that's my wonder tree. And does it do anything special? Well, maybe you should pick an ornament, Nick encouraged. Samantha looked closely to make her choice when she realized that all of the ornaments were miniature snow globes. There was one of a horse pulling a sleigh through the snow. There was another of carolers walking down the street. There was one of a puppy climbing out of a box underneath a Christmas tree. But then she saw the one that she wanted. It looked like a lantern, and inside was a miniature snowman. So she took the ornament off the tree, and that's when the miracle happened. Snow started swirling in every single snow globe. Big white flakes of snow began to float down. The carolers started singing. The horses, they were actually pulling the sleigh, and the puppy started to bark. Oh, maybe she should have got that one, thought Samantha. And then she saw her snowman waving at her. Wow. It's called the Wonder Tree, Nick said, because it reminds us of the wonder of Christmas. How big it is, how special it is. How mysterious and mystical it is. How it's unlike anything else. It reminds us that there's nothing like Christmas to stir up the kindness of our souls, to bring families together, to encourage generosity, to give us hope when things are hard, to turn struggles into celebrations. But with another wink, the tree returned to normal. How much do I owe you, Sarah asked. Oh, but you haven't picked your ornament yet, said Nick. Maybe you should try this tree. And what tree is this, asked Sarah. When she looked at the tree, she realized that all the ornaments, though they were different, they were like all the same. They were all manger scenes, Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus. Some included animals and some included shepherds and, and even wise men. This is the with us tree, said Nick. 
the what, Sarah asked, and then realized that she sounded a little bit rude. It's the with us tree. What is a with us tree, Jack asked. Well, your mom's just going to have to take an ornament to find out. So Sarah reached out, and she selected one of the ornaments. But nothing seemed to happen. And then she looked up, and she noticed that on the top of the tree, there was an angel. And that's when the miracle happened. Because the angel spoke and said, do not be afraid. I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Today in the town of David, a baby has been born to you. He is Emmanuel, God with us, Christ the Lord. Sarah looked down at the ornament in her hands. It felt warm in her, to her touch, and a, and a soft glow seemed to emanate from it. And then she saw the words that were printed on it. And what did it say? I am with you. So that's why it's called a with us tree, Sarah realized. That's right, Nick replied, because Jesus came to be with us, and he still is. And so just for a few moments here tonight as we conclude our service, I want us to think about the miracle trees. First of all, the whimsy tree, a reminder that Christmas should be a time of joy. And I hope that your Christmas is a time of joy where you can gather with friends or where you can gather with family and just have fun, whether it's opening Christmas gifts around the tree or whether it's going out and playing in the snow once it gets a little warmer out there, we hope. But Christmas is supposed to bring joy, and I think maybe that's one of the reasons that God sent his son even as a baby. He could have come just as a grown man, but is there anything more fun than a baby's birth, unless you're, of course, the mother. But when you think about it, a baby, so much joy, the, the giggle of a baby, the laughter, their sloppy kisses, their wide-eyed fascination with the world, the games of peekaboo and their first drawings and their questions of why, it's all whimsy, isn't it? And we lose it too quickly. But Christmas, the birth of a child, reminds us that it's okay to play. It's okay to have fun. It's okay to enjoy. And it's okay to revel in this experience that we call human life. So gather with the family. Sit around. Share around some laughs, some games. Watch some Christmas movies. Because Christmas is a time for fun and celebration and whimsy. But Christmas is also a time for wonder. And the entire Christmas story is built around this idea of wonder. Like, how could a virgin have a baby? Or why were shepherds the one that were chosen to hear the announcement? And did wise men, did they really see a star? How incredible is that? Or how about this one to wonder about? That God would become a man? And so the wonder tree reminds us of the transcendence of God, but also that he came to us and he brought meaning and value. But it's the with us tree that I really want to talk about for a few minutes tonight. And I want to read a verse, and we're going to put it up here on the screen. And it's not really a Christmas verse, but it captures the essence of Christmas in an incredible way. It says this it's in the book of Hebrews, For we do not have a high priest, that's referring to Jesus, who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in every way as we are, yet without sin. And that verse talks about the fact that Jesus Christ came and became a man, and he came to be with us. He lived as a baby, 
died as a man, rose again, and he lives today in heaven. And that's where we get tripped up, especially when we talk about this idea of with us. Well, Jesus isn't really with us. He's in heaven, and we're here on earth, right? And this is what this verse is talking about because the answer is no, wrong. That may have been 2,000 years ago when Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus, when he was here, but 2,000 years later, he is still here. Well, maybe not physically in person, and yet his heart is still with us. As this verse tells us what it means for Jesus to be with us. It says this, he is, uh, we don't have a priest who's unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. Actually, we have a priest, Jesus, who can sympathize with our weaknesses. He's with us in those moments when we struggle. He sympathizes with us. In fact, if you really look at this verse in the original language, it could be translated this way. He suffers with us. And we don't often think about that with Christmas, that Jesus came to suffer, but he did. But he didn't just come to suffer on his own. He came to suffer with us as a co-sufferer. And that's the point of the verse. He's not here in person, but he's still here in heart. And he's still experiencing the human condition through you and through me. And he's every bit as approachable and as compassionate as he was back then. He still is right now at this moment. And this verse tells us, though, that everything that we go through, he went through. But it also tells us this, that everything that we're going through, he's going through with us us. See, Jesus knew what it was like to be thirsty or hungry or tired or worn out. He knew physical pain, emotional pain. He had been rejected, falsely accused, abandoned, avoided, shamed, embarrassed, misunderstood, disappointed, lonely. He knew all those things. But when he says, I am with you, it's not that he says, oh yeah, I remember what that was like. Instead, he says, I'm in it with you too. And so, Jesus is with us. He's with us, first of all, in our weaknesses. It's easy to picture God with us when life is good, but it's when life is hard that he shows up. As Dane Ortland says, it's when the relationships go sour, when the feelings of futility flood in, when it feels like life is passing us by, when it seems like our one-shot at significance has slipped through our fingers. When we can't sort out our emotions, when longtime friends let us down, when we feel dip, deeply misunderstood, it's there that we have a friend with us. Sitting close, arms around us, embracing us. He's with us in our weakness. He's with us in our loneliness. Jesus knew what it was like to be lonely. He went to a garden to pray and his friends fell asleep. And while he struggled with the greatest struggle of his life, they didn't care enough to stay awake. And so he felt the loneliness. And then he went to a cross, and those friends just flat out abandoned him. And he felt the loneliness then. And we read that he, as he died on the cross, he said, My God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus knew the feelings of loneliness. But it's not just that he remembers. It's that he's with you in your loneliness. In fact, he's with you so much that he says, you don't need to feel lonely. I am here with you. This verse also tells us that he's with us in our temptation. 
He was tempted in every way like we are. Actually, he was tempted even more than we are. Because when we are tempted too many times, we put up a fight and then we give in. And when we give in, the temptation's done. But when the winds of temptation came and they faced Christ, he never, ever said yes. And so he faced temptation in its fullest force, and he continued to say no. But he comes to us and says, hey, I am with you. Because when you're tempted and you're going to be, it's not going to be just you. It's going to be us together. He's also with us in our failures. That's why he's called the high priest. The job of the high priest was to what? To go offer a sacrifice to God for the people. But Jesus himself was that sacrifice. He offered himself for not his own sins, but for the sins of you and the sins of me. And this with us goes to an entirely new level because it's not when we are standing in the place of judgment that Jesus says, hey, I'll stand with you. He says, no, when, we're stand, when you're standing in the place of judgment, I'll stand there instead of you. And he doesn't just reach down and pull us out of our pit. He climbs down into the pit and says, okay, I'll take it. And he pushes us up. And that's the God who is with us. With us in our weakness, with us in our loneliness, with us in our temptation, and with us in our failures. My guess is that when you go home tonight, most of you will walk into a house that has a Christmas tree set up somewhere in the living room, in the family room, maybe in the dining room, I don't know. But that tree has stood in your house for the last several weeks, I'm guessing, as like a guest. Like once Christmas is done, and maybe once you get past New Year's or whenever your takedown date is, that tree is either going out to the curb or going back in the box. But for a few weeks, for a month or so, there's a tree that stands as a guest in your living room. And so when you go home tonight, I would encourage you to look at that tree as a reminder that you have a guest that's there in your house at any time, at all times. And you can look at a with us tree and remember that that's why Jesus came. To be with us. Let's pray. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. We celebrate Christmas and we celebrate tonight and remember what it's all about. But it's about the fact that he's with us. Jesus came to be with us. We often talk in church about having a personal relationship with Jesus. That's what it is. It's just knowing that Jesus is with you, but he won't force himself on you. You have to invite him into your life, into your heart. Invite him to be with you. And so as you come to this Christmas, if you've never taken the step of inviting Jesus Christ into your life, into your heart, you can do that tonight. You can ask him to come in, forgive your sins, give you new life, and to be with you right where you sit. It's a simple prayer. I encourage you to do that. But for the rest of us, as we go home tonight, my prayer is that you will look at that tree in your living room and be reminded of a with us tree. 
and of the fact that Jesus is indeed with us. Jesus, we praise you, we worship you, we come and adore you. And we pray this all in your name.